This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Yes. Welcome back to HFC Chat. The season is fast gaining traction and we're now coming up to the sixth game of the season in terms of league games at home to Bristol Rovers on Saturday. Preview for that coming later. We're also going to discuss how the season started, our top performance so far, club news, DC's contract situation and more. But first up, let's review the last three league games, starting with Walsall at home. Yeah, 2 0 win at home. Um, obviously, at the time that confirmed a second consecutive home win. A game for me, which we fully deserve to win. Um, I'm, I'm not going to, well, I'm not being too disrespectful at Walter, but I thought they were, they were poor. Um, look, they had efforts, I think, but I think generally overall, through most of that game, I think Killip survived without making any real effort in my opinion and the game was the game kicked off really with a, a great solo goal from from Tyler Bury a good retention a good turnover of the ball in the midfield and then like we've seen Bury did the rest ran all the way I think he beat two men ran into the area and slotted on perfectly to give us that first goal and then it was a handball, I think. I think did, was it Hulahan who won a handball and Featherstone obviously slotted home a penalty and yeah, it was a good day at the office and I thought, like I say, I thought it was generally a, a well-deserved win. Yeah, I mean, I've got to agree with you there. You know, as you've said, Walsall did look really poor. It really reflected their league position. Like we discussed in the preview um, in the build-up to that game, I thought, we controlled it, second half especially, thought it was a classy performance. Unbelievable goal from Bury, as you said. I mean, the angle that we were at in the ground as well was perfect, seeing put in that top corner, a player that, you know, gets so excited to watch. And as I've said, I think, you know, it just solidified our home form yet again and, and showed what a team were becoming at home. 
Um, hopefully that'll be able to be transferred to away games sooner rather than later. But moving up to the second home game in a row, um, which was Carlisle, one of the standout fixtures that we really have missed whilst being in the National League. You know, that rivalry is always in the atmosphere. There's always tension with neither team nor set of supporters, I must say, wanting to lose. They were bouncing off each other all game down in that corner near the northwest corner and the Vic was absolutely packed, over 6,000 in and I think that genuinely did give us an advantage from the off. In terms of the goals, obviously pulled one 2-1. Bury once again, unbelievable finish. Um, for the first goal. And then Gav Houlihan, just as the fans were chanting his name, managed to bring the ball down and put it into that top corner, which was an absolute screamer. And as highlighted in previous home games, everyone was waiting behind after for that Dave Chaloner fist pump as he came over. I think it just really, really highlights how united the fans and the players are. And the whole club really is, is on the up. In terms of the game, I don't think we ever really looked under threat. The goal that we conceded was poor defending. Shouldn't really have let uh, Zach Clough get in there and, and put it in. But special mention, um, and he's had a couple of really good games since Zane Francois Angle. I think he's been really solid. He looked good going forward and at the back. And he's really slotting into the, the team well. And I think linking up with Ferguson in that system that we play, um, you know, I think that's really benefiting and he's been solid. I don't have a bad word to say about him. The only disappointing thing from the game, as I've said, was to concede just before half time. But then we came out second half and, I, you know, I don't think they really troubled us, um, if we're honest. Davo, do you have anything to add to that? Um, no, I think you've uh, you've generally looked back on that quite well. Um like you say, not to be too biased, but I, I genuinely thought Pools again deserved to win. I thought we were well worth it. And I always think if you're going to do something, do it right. And I thought we won the game in perfect fashion. I think, like you've said, you touched on a bit about the fixture itself. And, you know, this game is, for us as Pools fans, it's always a, a game, a fixture that you want to win, given the the history and the, the temperature of, of these games. So, it was good to get the bragging rights in that one. Um, but yeah, like you said, I, I think generally speaking, Carlisle, you know, and, and we spoke, didn't we, after the game with, with a couple of young Carlisle fans who, who quite openly admitted that they were poor on the day and we, we deserved the win, complimented our fans and stuff, who I think played a, a huge part in it. I think, you know, I'm not going to take away from Carlisle too much because I thought the goal they scored was well worked. You know, you mentioned that man, Zach Clough. It was him who put the ball out wide and obviously, like you said, it was him who ran into the area and made the space. And like I said, I thought he scored a good goal. But like we say, we won the game in style. Cracking goal by Bury and another cracking goal Sorry, by, by Hulahan. Yeah, just moving on to Tranmere now. Um, you know, I personally thought that we looked, we looked a bright side. We looked comfortable. Um, I think the only thing and, and DC and it's the most important thing you've got to score goals to win games but you know we had three at least three clear cut opportunities that a Luke Armstrong type poacher would have would have put it in and he funnily enough bagged at the weekend yet again and they were playing Mansfield I believe so that was disappointing but overall you know I don't think we looked slow I just think 
it was just the end product that that let us down really there was this shout for the blatant handball that the defender practically saved the incoming shot and I don't like to blame refs I never do because you know a lot of people say oh you're just blaming the ref for that result but he was absolutely abysmal every single time a Tranmere player went down however little the contact was it was a free kick Um, and it wasn't the same for pulls you know it seems as if he had a bit of an agenda, if I'm honest, against us. And it was really frustrating to see that. And I think that just, you know, all came around when that handball um, decision went against us. That that kind of topped it off, really. But I really want to give a special mention to the fans. That was possibly one of the best away days I've ever been on. It makes you realise what an incredible fan base we're part of. To think that, you know, we could hardly hear the Tranmere fans all game after they scored you couldn't hear them it was still all pulls after the full-time whistle went the reception the appreciation as DC touched on that we gave the players you know it just highlights my point that I made earlier we're so united and it feels like we're all one again and the players are like fans so to speak in terms of they actually care every time they come out on the pitch they actually play for the shirt you know they know how much it means to us and we haven't had a team who understands that for a long long time i'm just wondering whether you agreed with that assessment about you know how we played and how we looked in terms of us being i thought we looked comfortable as i've said and i thought we looked you know not up to the standard we've been the last couple of games but nothing poor about it really as dc said it was a good performance apart from not finishing off the chances um yeah, I mean, generally, I think getting back on the coach after the game and just sitting back for 10 minutes and generally I felt the same way I did coming away from Barrow. I think it was one of those where, like you say, I didn't think Pearls played terribly. I don't think Tramia played terribly, but I don't think either side really, in my opinion, deserved to win the game. I think, especially in the second half, as you got towards the half, you know, the last half an hour, the last 20 minutes, the last 15 minutes, I think the game was screaming in nil at that point. Um, I, I don't mean to be critical because I think when we signed Goodwin and Bury, I mean, given the, the age, I believe the youngest strike partnership in the in our league, um, they didn't really have much right to be so, as successful as they've been. But they did. We did look lacklustre, as DC said. We had, like you say, maybe a couple of chances where you think. If maybe we did have that outright number nine, then who knows? We might have got one, we might have got two. But generally, I think a draw would have been a a fair result to both sides. But such is football. You know, they've they had a, a very late corner took by Josh Hawks of all people. And you know, it was funny because you know, I went to the Carlisle game on, on Tuesday night in the the Papa John, and I thought that, that on that night we looked quite poor and quite erratic from corners and we've conceded another goal from a corner which you know I'm sure will be worked on through the week leading up to this game and then and so on but like but yeah like you say the fans you know it was a great day out despite the result and I do want to give a big shout out to that guy I don't know who it is woman man who made that song up about Challoner to this tune of uh all over what is it rocking all over rocking all over the world yeah that's the one absolutely great chant um, I'm sure we'll hear again on Saturday and like you say fingers crossed we can resurrect the, the wrongs and, and make them right on Saturday 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, as you said about the goal, it, it did have flashbacks to Barrow. It was just poor. It was sloppy. Not the standard DC had won. I know DC said he wasn't happy with Will Goodwin after he f- failed to finish chance up top and then he, he lost his marker. I don't want to be harsh on the lad. He's 19 and, you know, he's got a lot to learn. And he's, as you said, he's, there's a, probably a lot of pressure on him and he's contributed an awful lot since the season started. So the way that we lost the game, really disappointing. But overall, I mean, we're going to speak to the guests shortly about, you know, our start to the season. We've discussed it in the previous podcast. But I have no major complaints. I think if we tighten things up a, a little bit more and we can try and get someone in who's going to finish off them chances, we'll be more than capable of climbing up this league. Before we get on to the next part of the podcast, where the gas cast from Bristol Rovers are joining us to give their view ahead of Saturday, I'm delighted to welcome onto the podcast two people who haven't been on before, um, Alistair Ray and Ben Forbes. Alistair's first up at the guests tonight. Welcome onto the podcast and thank you for coming up. First of all, how would you rate the start to the season looking back on the first five league games and those cup fixtures that we had against Crew and Carlisle respectively? Yeah, hi Jack. Um, thanks for your really solid uh, start of the season, um, particularly the, the home form. You know, we've had three um, convincing victories really um, and even with the two away games I think you know we certainly I wasn't at the Tranmere game but I listened to the commentary and it sounds like we battered them for 80 minutes um, and they obviously got the goal at the death and I think Barrow as well you know I think we were very unlucky at least to come away with a point so um, you know we've got nine points on the board but really it could have it could quite easily have been 15 Um the cup uh, competitions, um, I'm less sort of concerned. I mean, obviously they made a lot of changes for the for the Carlisle game, um, although Carlisle made changes as well. Um, you know, I think the uh, the, the priority um, is the league, and uh, you know we've had a cracking start to the season. We've just really carried on, I think, from from, from last season. Mm. Um, you know, um, uh, you know. I don't think we're. I don't think we're in a false position. I think the three um, sides that were beaten at home, we, we've won comfortably. I was chatting with a few of the Carlisle fans on the on the way out after the game, and they they, they were really impressed with Hartlepool, and uh, you know, thought we deserved the win, and uh, you know, we deserved the win against uh, Crawley uh, and Walsall as well. So yeah, I mean, um, I think a really you know a solid start of the season, and I think if. Um, Someone had offered me, you know, nine points after five games. Um, I, w- I would have taken it, uh, Jack. Um, just building on from that, are there any players in particular who have stood out for you from like the first five or five or six games? Um, I, th- I think there's been several. To be honest, it's difficult to sort of single uh, one uh, player out, and I think that's uh, why we've had such a um, you know, a fairly solid, uh, consistent start to the season, really. Um, you know, just going through, I guess, you know, the ones who probably have stood out the most, uh, Jamie Serry's had a really good start. Featherston and Little have continued, you know, with the consistency. And they're obviously two players that have got, you know, league experience. Um, Hollahan's had a good start and scored two cracking goals. I think Neil Burns done well, the new centre-back. And Angola has done well, you know, since he came in for Timmy. Um, Tyler Bury obviously has you know grabbed the limelight with the goals and you know two particularly um, cracking efforts. It's just a, such a shame that we, we, we've lost him now, you know, through injury. Um, but uh, I think for me, 
I think I'd probably go for Gary Little. You know, he he's the one player who I sort of fear that if we lost somebody, that the team might sort of lose its sort of shape a little bit. I just think with his, with his experience, um, I think he's had a really good start of the season. So for me, uh, probably Little just shades it over the rest. But the goalkeeper's done well. Um, you know, Ferguson started well. Will Goodwin, the lone player, you know, he showed um, you know some uh, some good. Uh, you know, good, you know, he, he showed some good things. So um, it's obviously just in the striking department where we're uh, where we're where we're lacking at, at the moment. But um, you know, hopefully we'll we'll, we'll get that uh, situation resolved. Whether it's um, an out of contract player or whether one of the forwards who you know are in the squad who aren't match fit, you know, get match fit. So um, I'm sure you know Challen is working uh, his magic to try to. Uh, that's my only only concern. You know the the lack of sort of a recognised striker, particularly with the um, the injury to uh, Tyler Bury, who played really well up top. I thought. Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. And you've also touched on this, but our home form's been absolutely exceptional, and this has been built on from last season and ahead of you know Bristol. We've won seventeen out of nineteen league games now, and. Are there any reasons you can think of that have played an influential part, either big or small, on that? I think since uh, Challoner came in, I think there's been sort of a a, a, a gradual sort of um, you know players have gained confidence. Uh, we've, 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 you know our performances have gradually improved over the last um, you know couple of years, and you know despite the fact that uh, you know fans you know weren't allowed in last season, you know there, there was still a great you know following. You know, watching the games being streamed, or you know, online, or, or whatever, um, and uh, and then of course, you know, that was all topped off with the uh, you know the amazing scenes down at Bristol, and uh, you know, to get back in the football league, I mean, it's just a massive achievement because it's such a it's such a tough league to get out of, and uh, to be honest, I don't think League Two is any better than the National League. I mean, I thought there's some really good sides in that National League. Mm. Um, a lot of clubs are throwing a load of money, you know, at it to try to get out. Um, and uh, so it was a massive achievement. And I think that sort of momentum has just has just continued. Obviously, it's been a very quick turnaround. But uh, Challen has galvanised the, the club. He's galvanised the town. And I think fans, we've had eight or nine years of mediocrity or maybe not even as good as that. And all of a sudden, Challen has come in. It took, it took him a bit of time, which you'd expect, to get things moving. Um, you know, he's been very shrewd in bringing some good players in and some good loan players and, um, you know, getting back into the Football League. And I think fans just wanted to uh, just keep, you know, just continue the momentum. And I think the feel as though we're onto something special with Dave Challoner. Um, you know, providing that we can extend his contract, and uh, uh, you know, and they are very passionate. They, they always have been. I mean, you know, a couple of years ago, there was people, you know, complaining that the fans were sort of getting on the players' backs because they, we, we weren't performing you know, that well. But that, you know, it's because Hartlepool United fans are so passionate about the football club. They always have been. You know, you look at the away support on Saturday. You know, we took more to Tranmere than what Boreham Wood had for a home game against Stockport. You know, the fans are, are phenomenal. And uh, Dave Challen has got this, you know, he's connected with them. And uh, I think, you know, we, we, we could be onto something special. I, I, I really do. 
And just before we just before we do wrap things up, would you be very kind enough to give us your prediction for this weekend's game at home to Bristol Rovers? Yeah, I mean, I think any side managed by Joey Barton, you know, will, will put up a fight. Um, you know, they're all, all, there's no easy games in, in any league, really. Um, I'm just hoping that we can keep the momentum going. Um, we're very solid at the back. Um, they've just brought a, a 36-year-old free agent in, Leon Clark, who, who, who scored last week. Um, but, you know, it'll be a test like all the other games. But, you know, with our, we've got the best record since the turn of the year at home out of all of the football league clubs. Um, so, yeah, I would be backing against Hartlepool, put it that way. So, I'm hoping for three points and probably a, another narrow victory, uh, say, 2-1 two, two to Hartlepool. Brilliant, Alistair. Many thanks for coming on and, and giving us your thoughts. And we really do look forward to hopefully yep. welcoming you back in the near future. Yep. Next guest we have is Ben Forbes. Again, another one featuring for the first time on the podcast. Ben, firstly, welcome on to HFC Chats. First question, as same as we asked Alistair, is there anyone that has really stood out for you so far this season? Uh, well, thank you for having me. Um, I think it's got to be it's got to be Tyler Bury. He, he's he's the uh, he's been the big standout so far. Just the sheer pace that he's brought um, to, to pools. He's got pace to burn. That that uh, that goal against Walsall that he scored that left a defender. Um, well, he left the defender in the Morrison's car park, let's be absolutely honest. But, um, yeah, he, he's just been the standout one. Um, I think losing him, we, although we don't know the details yet, I think losing him for a period of time is going to be big. Um, so to avoid your next question of, if not him, who's the next one? I think, for me, it, it's it's got to be Neil Byrne. Um, he... He's been quite quiet, um, but that's kind of what you want from a defender. Defenders get picked up on for mistakes more than they do, um, you know, how well they've played. So the fact that no criticism has come his way, I think he's just been silently there and not a lot's got past him. Let's, let's be honest, he's been he, he's been superb out of the new acquisitions that we've had, I think. Yeah, it's interesting you touch on that, really. And a player that perhaps has gone under the radar a little bit there. Um, I've discussed it with a few people before. The only slight you know, doubt that I have with him is when he goes forward, he does tend to give the ball away. Um, but as you've said, I think, he, I think I saw a stat last week on Twitter that he's won the most like um, headers or something like that. Um, so he's certainly doing his part at the back. You touched on a forward player there in Tyler Bury. Um, and he's kind of, he's been playing more as a striker, of course, but he's kind of missing that person in the middle, like a fox in the box. And this is a bit of a difficult question. Um, but is there anyone, you know, we do need that guy who's going to tuck these goals away. Is there anyone that springs to mind that might be out of contract or or is there no one that you just can think of? But we definitely need strengthen up there, don't we? Yeah, we, we certainly do. And, and, and the Tranmere game, proved this beyond any reasonable doubt what what we are missing i, I think i think the key thing is though and I, and I think this is an important message to stress that is that it's not like we have no strikers at all we you know we we, we do have um sort of fella cullen in the background we you know molyneux 
um, is being moulded into a striker. So we, we, we do have strikers. I just think we are missing a particular type of striker, which is a poacher. The, we, we, you know, I said in the summer we wouldn't miss Luke Armstrong, um, and I'm regretting saying that um, because you know it, it proved. <laughs> in terms of in terms of who's available, I mean, we can talk about a load of ex-championship players, League One players. We've, we've spoken about, um, you know, I've heard David Nugent's name um, sort of batted bat around, but the, the, the truth is it all comes down to how much are we willing to pay him? How much are we willing to pay this player? So I think that depends on where we are likely to get, you know, where we're likely to go. Are we going to get someone that's based in the South Coast? of England probably not um so we're gonna have to look locally I uh, one of the reasons why I'm not so sure is because there may be a player out there who has been injured over the summer and um you know will need match practice and I think you know we're just gonna have to take advantage of one of them who it is I don't know but it will certainly come down to 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 uh, how much um yeah how much money we're gonna pay him I think it's a tough question. Before we ask your prediction for this weekend's game, we've previously discussed a lot about the exceptional home form that we currently have. But are there any reasons you can think of for why we may be struggling to pick up points away from home? I think, I mean, it's hard to say this season because I think we've been more unlucky than we have than, you know, than we have poor performances. But certainly, you know, we if we go back to previous um, previous you know previous seasons, we've traditionally we've always been all right away from home. I think the away following has always been good. But you know, sometimes and, and, and with the return of fans this season, we might see it again where you know referees can be buoyed by home support and and, and, and everything else. It, you know, it can be a it, you know, some some places can be quite an intimidating place to go. A bit like what we're turning the Vic into at the moment. You know, we've had three teams come to our place and not. Let's be fair; they've not really performed well. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think intimidation will be one. Certainly, referee intimidation. Um, we can't use the three G pitch excuse anymore. Let's be absolutely honest; that was a very legitimate excuse in the past. Um, but no, I, I think you know I, it's hard to judge it based on this season because I think we've been more more unlucky than uh, poor performances. Yeah, I think you, you know you hit the nail on the head there with the goals that we've conceded. They've been sloppy, um, but there's been a couple of dubious decisions, as you've said. Uh, Barrow the first goal, and I think it was the uh, third goal as well. We claimed for offside in that, and then you know at the weekend there were chances that we had such as that big penalty shout and the ref waved it away. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, if those things go our way, it's a different game and, and, you know, it's a different situation, but moving on to this weekend, um, if you could give us a prediction, that'd be great. I think it will be a, a, a Paul's win, uh, a two nil win. Um, you know, we've, we've been solid at home. The fan base has really come out in numbers. Uh, Bristol Rovers are a bit of a, they haven't started so brilliantly. They've got a good. T- they've got a very good team on paper. They could probably turn up and beat anybody. I'm not got to give the credit where it's due, but I think their biggest problem is Jerry Barton. Um, and again, if we can make the if we can make the Vic an intimidating place, 
no reason why we can't continue the winning form at home. Yeah, well, thanks very much for coming on, Ben. And like we said to Alistair, we really do hope that we'll be able to see you on future episodes. Absolutely not a problem at all. So now we turn our attention to Saturday's game and we're delighted to welcome on Tom Metcalf from the Gascast, which is a Bristol Rovers podcast. Perhaps before we get to know a bit more about how your season's going, we could learn a little bit more about the podcast that you produced. Yeah, sure. So um, we are the Bristol Rovers podcast. Um, we'll pump out episodes every other week. We do a few like blogs, especially like match previews. Um, Simon Gray is our resident match previewer and he'll be, he'll be running the rule over you guys um, ahead of Saturday. And then we'll have, yeah, occasional player interviews and behind the scenes bits and bobs um, and the old kind of giveaways and stuff like that. Um, yeah, that's pretty much the, the lot of it. So on to the football then, and I'm hoping you'd be kind enough to kind of give us a bit of an insight into the start of your season. Yeah, so coming into the season, um, it's been very disjointed. Um, we had a lot of COVID in the camp. We had, yeah, we haven't done a full pre-season. We've signed a lot of players who have missed the first few games. Um, and then obviously, I don't know how much you guys know about Joey Barton, but revelations over the summer that he was... Uh, in court again for another ass- alleged assault so everything's been yeah really really up in the air and then on top of that he's trying to gel a new squad it, it's pretty much man for man a completely new squad um, so results have reflected that I mean we lost to Mansfield at the start the very first game but it was a 2-1 right at the end penalty which was neither here nor there really and then as the games have gone on, um, we've kind of started to, you know, form those little relationships between the players and more players have come back from injury, more players are getting fitness. So it's starting to go on a bit of a upward trajectory. We beat Oldham at home. We only beat them 1-0. We, we could have battered them, really. They were they were dross. They're, they're definitely getting relegated. They are so bad. But um, And then, you know, bit of hope. Got absolutely pumped by Exeter away. We were 3-0, 4-0 down in 23 minutes. And then, so the weekend, we, we beat Crawley. Um, I think we edged that one. Um, one of the kind of deadline day signings, Leon Clark. Remember him? He's 36 years old nowadays. He, he um, quite a decent header. So it's been a very much a mixed bag. Very, very mixed from Ravers so far. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned there about, you know, the amount of new players that Joey Barton's trying to get to play together and make it gel more. Just building on from this, are there, could you possibly name three key players that have come out of this season so far for you? Yeah, so the kind of headliner, I'd say, would be Sam Nichols. Uh, Nicholson, sorry. I don't know where I keep getting Nichols from. Um, he is a player that we signed from the MLS, formerly of Hearts. Um, he was probably too good for us when we were in League One, uh, but he suffered with his injuries. So he started the, he started the season injured. Um, but he's kind of coming back to full fitness now. He did get subbed off with an injury from a kind of bad tackle on uh, Saturday against Crawley. So I'm hoping, fingers crossed, he's back because he is by far and away the best player we have in our team by a mile. Um, I'd say if I was going to pick a second, it would be James Belshaw in goal. Uh, We signed him from Harrogate Town. He was their number one, came on trial and signed for us. Um, Our normal number one is Antti Yukola, who is utterly fantastic but he's quite injury prone and also is involved with the 
Finland national team, so he goes away on international duty a lot. So Barton brought in Belshaw as kind of a backup and competition, and he's played, I think, almost all the games so far, um, and he's been really good. And the thing I like about him a lot is he really shows that he's absolutely loving playing in front of a big crowd, like on the big stage. Um, so he's definitely a character and and one to look out for. Um, and then as a last one, I'd probably say Sam Finley in centre midfield, um, signing from Fleetwood, a player that Joey Button knows very, very well. He's he's a bit of an enigma to me at the minute. Um, when I spoke to Cosvlogs, he was kind of saying he was a box-to-box Gerard-esque. He said a, a League 2 Gerard, which I've repeated every time I've spoken about him, if that's not enough hype. But I like it. He gets stuck in. He can pick a pass. Um, he hasn't hit the heights for Rovers yet. He's been swapped in and out with kind of midfield partnerships. But the few kind of flashes I've seen from him, he scored an absolute worldie away at Exeter. When we lost 4-1, the one he was the one that he scored curled into the top bins. If you have a look on YouTube, it's an unbelievable strike. So there's plenty more to come from him. So I'd say those three would be the ones I'd keep your eye out for. Something a bit different now. Um, what have you heard about Pools so far this season? Have you heard anything about any players in particular that have stood out or any players that you worry about when you think about Saturday's game? No, I'm horrendously ignorant about the teams in our division. I'm so bad. Um, I, all I've heard is you guys have had like a really good start and we should actually be really, really worried about... I mean, we're worried about going away to any team in this division, but actually away to Hartlepool is going to be really, really tough. So just to finish up then, if you could give us your prediction for this weekend, uh, that would be brilliant. Um, I'm going to go... Rovers won't keep a clean sheet. Um, I just... I don't think we will. We've chopped and changed along the back four pretty much, or back three a lot of the time, so much this season. Against the better teams, we, we get punished for it. We haven't got a settled kind of defence. So I can see Paul's scoring, I think, I'm going to go 2-1 to you guys. I think we will probably nab one. Um, obviously, I spoke about Liam Clark. Um, him coming in is just a massive boost for us up front. But then also we've got Brett Pittman. Um, our, our attacking uh, talents are just ridiculous, but it's not so far reflected in us scoring loads of goals. So I think a 2-1 defeat will probably be about right. Well, fingers crossed in terms of you're lacking in goals at the moment. That'll continue this weekend without any offence there. But many thanks for coming on and giving us the preview for this weekend's game. It's been great to have you know your insight into your club and work with another podcast as well. Nice one. Thanks for having me on. As is customary, we are going to finish the podcast with club news, including the latest on Dave Chandler's contract, which is finally close to being completed according to an article in the Hartlepool Mail which I am about to read. It says the Pools manager has always maintained his intentions to stay at Victoria Park despite his current deal set to expire next summer and discussions regarding an extended deal have been stretched out over the summer with Chalner and Chairman Raj Singh initially somewhere apart before getting closer to an agreement. Chalner has confirmed to the mail that he's not far away from signing on the dotted line and hopes to have the situation resolved in time for Pearl's next home match against Bristol Rovers this coming Saturday. 
And obviously at this point of recording, we are no better off and known whether that's going to be the case. Time will tell. But hopefully in the coming days leading up to the game on Saturday, we can get that all-important news across the line. Jack, what's, what else is going on in terms of club news at the moment? Yeah, well, just to touch slightly on what you've just said, this is absolutely massive. Dave Chalner agreeing a new contract is, you know, probably the signing of the summer. Um, he's someone who can progress the club, and I've said this to people, probably yourself included at the weekend, if Raj backs DC, there is no reason why we cannot progress and we cannot have DC taking us up the league, um, whether that be up to League One, um, or just competing really well in League Two. But I'd like to think with DC in charge, we can easily get up to League One because the style of football and the way he gets stuff out of the players is absolutely second to none. Um, I think the main bit of news, though, um, to highlight is disappointing. It's that Tyler Bury's return to parent club Millwall for surgery after the injury he sustained at Tranmere last weekend. We all wish him well with a speedy recovery and wait with much anticipation for his return to the Vic and him being back in the blue and white. Tickets are also on sale for Sutton Away, which is the rearranged fixture next Tuesday, which is the 14th of September. And also for Oldham Away, which is a week on Saturday, the 18th of September, which could be quite a tasty one with what's going on currently there. Let's try and pack that away and out and get as many fans down like we did at Tranmere to back the boys and that concludes another episode of hufc chat thank you once again for listening in thanks to those who've come on to contribute to this episode uh, if you don't follow us on twitter we're at hufc chat facebook hartlepool united news keep the faith back the boys never say die and we will see you in the next episode on this stage Nissan Townstar EV strikes again it's an unstoppable van unstoppable look just fantastic you can actually see the pro pilot technology in action effortless parallel parking it moves with all the confidence that comes with a five year warranty and with a bench full of all star van experts there's real strength in depth here that's all star quality search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all star van centre to see for yourself Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.